The Derek Duvall Show is proud to present family-friendly content. However, for this episode, there may be some mild language used. Listener discretion is advised. Powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Folks, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy, guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Greetings, and thank you for that incredibly warm welcome, Duvall Nation. Welcome to... The Derek Duvall Show. I am your host, Derek, and this is episode 20. Go with me on this, but to actually say episode 20 out loud is just freaking baffling to me. I never imagined 10 months ago that this show would turn into the juggernaut it currently is. And man, oh man, this Welshman here could not be more pleased. So what's been going on with me? Well, let me tell you about the most amazing thing that happened to me Tuesday night. Now, I have been playing competitive darts for pretty much most of my adult life. And for the very first time, I hit my first nine dart game. Now, for those out there saying who gives a shit, well, let me put it to you in this context. A nine dart game is the golf equivalent of a hole in one or shooting a 54. It's that rare for someone on my level of competition. It was one of the most surreal moments of my life. If you're still unsure, go to YouTube and type in nine darter and you'll see a plethora of videos of professionals doing it. Some probably with their eyes closed. So yeah. And that was definitely the highlight of my last two weeks. Trust me, I wish one of those one of those times I wish my dad was still with us so he could have seen it. So, yesterday was the 11 year anniversary of meeting the lady who would eventually become Mrs. Duval. Our meeting is one of those wow stories, and I encourage everyone to seek out episode 70, 70, episode 70 of the Chris and Christine show. They're overachievers. I, I love, but I love them to death. Uh, where Mrs. Duval was a guest and spoke about how we met, how we proposed, and our life as a married couple. It's a sweet episode. And like I said, I love Chris and Christine. They're they're just awesome people. I hope you guys get to get to meet them someday. It's only about five hours or so old now, but England lost to Italy in the Euros. And I tried not to be happy about it. I, I really, really tried. I really did. But I can't. Well done, Italy! People ask me about the Welsh animosity to the English, and it reminds me of an old joke my dad used to tell me. I'll, I'll tell it to you. Now, to set it up, remember that British people are very passionate about national pride, uh, anthems, and what have you. Anyway, the joke goes like this. A Welsh spy, a Scottish spy, and an English spy are captured together behind enemy lines in Germany during World War II, and the Germans have decreed that they will be shot in the morning. The morning comes, and the three men are placed against the wall. A high-ranking German officer gives them all a once-over and says, I have it in my power to grant you all one last request. The three men smile. The German goes to the Scottish spy and says, What is your last request? The Scotsman smiles and says, I am a proud Scotsman, and I want to sing Flower of Scotland before I die. The German approves and walks to the English spy and says, What is your last request? The Englishman nods at his Scottish friend and says, He had the right idea. I want to sing God Save the Queen before I die. The German approves and walks to the Welshman. He says, well, What is your 
Last request. The Welshman looks at the other two spies and says to the German, shoot me first. <laughs> it's a classic, folks. It's a classic. Anyways, congratulations to Italy in the Euros. Also in exciting news, the Derek Duvall Show has joined forces with Manscaped, the men's personal grooming company. We'll be talking more about them in the break. Trust me, it's very exciting. I'm I'm absolutely thrilled that they've agreed to do this. So, yeah, can't wait for the break to you guys to hear it. It's great. So as I said before, welcome to episode 20. And boy, do we have a great episode for you. We welcome to the show the CEO of UPIC and School Device Coverage. In my opinion, a real rock star. Bliss Landon is on the show. One of the best insurance specialists in the game. Bliss walks us through her beginnings and how she got into the insurance game. Before we get into that, I just want to thank our last guest, Mike Anthony, for coming on and talking about his book, Life at Hamilton. Sometimes you throw away your shot only to find your story. It was our most downloaded episode. And Mike was a great sport talking about working on the Blockbuster Broadway show. If you haven't listened to it already and you are a huge Hamilton fan, I strongly advise you to seek it out on all the platforms this show is on after the completion of this episode. All right, guys, let's just get right into it. Jump right on in. Please welcome to the show direct from California, the CEO of UPIC and School Coverage Device, Miss Bliss Landon. Good morning, Bliss, and welcome to my show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Ah, fantastic. I always start my interview with the same question. How has it been for you navigating the COVID-19 pandemic world? Oh, it's been interesting. That's for sure. I mean, you know, it's been really good for business, though. So I can't complain too much. And I'm actually, I'm not thankful for it, but it has worked out well for me, for my business, which has been a real blessing. That's awesome. What was the first thing you were looking forward to after it was declared kind of safe to do so? Oh, just, you know what? Just having girl time with my friends, honestly. Um, women in general love their girl time. It's mm -hmm. really important and it's kind of therapy. And it's where we get to, you know, just talk about whatever. And, and I've really missed that time. So it's been nice to get out. I got out with a friend the other day who I hadn't been out with in a long time. And we went to a little wine bar, had a glass of wine, mm. got caught up. It was so much fun to just feel like things were kind of normal again. That's awesome. See, I have heard California has been kind of touch and go with, with the pandemic. So that's kind of nice to hear that you can just get out and enjoy yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's been terrible. I mean, you know, I think there's been um, more restrictions lift, lifted across the country, but in California. So it's been tough, and, you know, and we have this beautiful weather and um, it's hard to not be outside and feel the sunshine and, you know, just get out and breathe really is what it has felt like lately. Nice. Let's yeah. get right into this interview with a, with, a, with a great question. And that one is, where are you from and what made you choose the life path you are currently on? Well, uh, as far as business goes, I, I started working for my father a long time ago, about 32 years ago, it's been, and he had an insurance product that he couldn't get off the ground and asked me to come in and start selling it. And so I did. And I just, I worked my butt off and I um, grew the business and we actually uh, became separately incorporated from his business, which was a third party logistics company. So I insured packages at a discount that were shipped through the carriers. 
uh, like UPS, FedEx, the post office, they all have insurance that's very expensive. So I would take high volume shippers and give them a discounted insurance rate. They ship through the carrier, but insure through me. And I, I've been saving companies hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. And that's really where I got started. And then just a few years ago, uh, we got involved in some other things with the post office. And I have a childhood friend who I hired to do some marketing for me. And she was at a meeting and she came across a superintendent at Tustin School District out here in California. And he said that they had an insurance product, but they weren't exactly happy with it and wanted to know if we could insure school-issued devices to kids. And so she said, we don't do that right now, but let me see if we can add that to, you know, what we do. And as it turns out, it just became a perfect fit, and it just rolled into what we were doing every day for the other side of the business. Mm -hmm. So that business has grown tremendously. And then COVID hit, and it grew, you know, a hundred times last year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all the schools are turning to, well, they've had to turn to at-home learning. And now as we go back to school, there's still, you know, like a hybrid model where parts at home and parts at school, and they still need their learning devices. And so we offer the school districts and the parents um, a really, you know, great comprehensive insurance product, much better than a warranty and at a really low cost. And what has been really surprising is that the claims are worse with the devices at home than they are at school. So, you know, they, um, we get spilled milk on the keyboard. The device is, is going a lot of places. It's being used more for other things, you know, besides school. Mm-hmm. And so it's just become a real need. And then there's the CARES Act money and all the uh, government funding that's gone into the schools and school districts are getting grant money. And they, they just, they're, they have the capital now to purchase new devices for all their students. And uh, the insurance is something that they really need. So it's been a great time for us as far as helping school districts and parents mm-hmm. uh, with their, you know, school issued devices, you know, laptops, Chromebooks, you know, iPads, tablets, all the above. That's fascinating. Like I said, we, we're going to cover that a little bit later, but I, it's great that you talk about that now. I did some research into you, and I, I've been looking for thing. You went to San Diego State University, which for me has a very special place in my heart as I lived in San Diego for five years. Do oh, you have any? You? Yes. Do you have any um, funny stories from that period in your life? Oh, gosh. You know, I went to San Diego State because my family always vacationed there every year when I was growing up. And so I, I just loved it down there. And I just thought I, I have to go to school there. And so I finally got there. I got involved. I, I started working for the police department down there in El Cajon. Okay. So I'm, you know, 20 years old and I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm in school. I'm a, a criminal justice administration major. And I got a job at El Cajon PD entering pawn slips into the computer, <laughs> which I'm sure they have a much better way of doing that now. I, I'm sure it's all electronic. But anyway, I started doing that. And then I started um, working in the ID you know, unit and I was testing for fingerprints and all that stuff. So I got, I got involved in this, you know, crazy world that I had never seen before. And I'd be called out at two in the morning. Um, so I don't know if it was exactly fun or funny, but it was really interesting and I loved the work, but I didn't stay with it, obviously. Mm. At what point as you, as you graduated college, at what point did you realize that you had a, you know, a great skill with insurance? 
oh, I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> until after I, I was actually trying to, um, to get a job closer to home when from the San Fernando Valley. And I was trying to get a job closer to home. So I had applied to the Beverly Hills PD <laughs> thinking that, you know, that that might be an, an easier department to work for. Cause I also worked at Inglewood, um, right when I graduated from college mm-hmm. and that was, that was tough because it was a lot of homicides that I had to work on a lot of shootings and I was getting called out in the middle of the night and my parents were just a nervous wreck over me, you know, driving in the middle of the night to these crime scenes. Mm-hmm. So I thought Beverly Hills might be a better option. <laughs> it might be a little quieter there. And I wouldn't have as much work to do because they only had maybe one homicide a year, you know, as opposed to homicides all the time in Inglewood, unfortunately. So I pivoted, you know, to to that. And I didn't, I, I, would, I had applied to Beverly Hills. I had applied to the Century City and I was waiting to see if I could get the job. And in the meantime, also, I took the LSAT, the law school admittance test. Mm-hmm. And I decided maybe I would want to become a lawyer. And so my dad said, while you're waiting on all these things happening, why don't you come to work for me and try to sell this insurance product? So it just kind of, it wasn't anything I aspired to do or thought I would ever be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 32 years later and here I am. <laughs> so. It's funny. I have a friend of mine from the Navy. Um, he went to school for criminology and I'm not gonna lie to you. He's, you know, kind of a big guy and what have you, you know, works out and stuff like that. And we used to tease him that, you know, he, all he wants to do is be Batman. So that's why. He, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so That's awesome. Do you miss actually, you know, law enforcement of any kind? Um, you know what, I, I, I learned how to do my own photography and I got to testify in court uh, for fingerprint evidence. And so I really enjoyed that aspect of it. It was, it was really fun and I love learning new things. So um, that part was really fun for me to do and very interesting. But as far as, you know, law enforcement in general, I just, I didn't see where I could, I could grow in that area because the only place to go was to become a criminalist. And I am terrible with math. I'm awful. I barely passed chemistry in college. So I knew that that, that there wasn't a, a big future for me there and that I should probably, you know, change and do something else. All right. So now you are the, if I understand, the founder and CEO of UPIC Insurance Services. So was it scary making the leap to creating your own business? Well, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. And uh, when I got there, the, my dad had a guy uh, named Jonathan who was supposed to train me. And then we had an underwriter and a broker, and I would have to fly up to San Francisco just about every weekend to get trained because I, I had no background in, in business or insurance. I just, I knew that, that I probably could do well in sales because I like to talk. I like to talk to other people. I love hearing about other people um, and just, you know, developing those relationships. So I, and my dad was a salesman, you know, my whole life. So I, I always thought I could probably do it just watching how he interacted with other people. So, um, so I just tried to learn as much as I could. And I tried to simplify things because when I got there, it was really complicated. The, the customer had to fill out about 15 pages to get started with us. So my goal was to simplify things and make it easy for people to sign up because it was easier on me. Because here I am, you know, starting a business. I had one employee and I had, you know, a couple people from my dad's company, um, you know, 
helping me with questions and what have you and flying up to San Francisco all the time. So, um, so it was, it was tough. I had to work really hard. I put in a lot of hours and a lot of fly time back and forth to get trained on, on what the heck I was doing. Um, it sounds quite, quite the undertaking. And I, uh, I, I applaud you for your efforts. That's, that's pretty impressive. Thank you. You know, it, it was good timing. I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids. You know, I was young. I had a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah. And so it all came at a perfect time to really dive in. And my dad kept saying to me, you know, I, I really think this insurance thing, if, if you can get it off the ground, it'll be a nice living for you. And I think you can take it, you know, many places. So my dad was a big inspiration. He still is a big inspiration to me and just guiding me and inspiring me to do better and to work hard and to be proud of, you know, how far you come. That's, I like, see, I like hearing that. So like my, my father was a very inspiring man. You know, he worked hard. He's like, you try to instill that blue collar, at, you know, work ethic in me. And I feel like uh -huh. I, I picked up on that as well. So I, I get it. Absolutely. It, it, to have a father figure who's very supportive. Um, that, yeah. that's incredible. So, Oh, if I, if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be doing it today because it was tough. I, I, you know, I got into pretty much an all men's business, um, in the, cause we insured, you know, packages that got shipped. Well, shipping managers are, are mostly men, especially at that time. And I had one competitor that was made up of all men. Yeah. And so, you know, here I am bebopping into this industry. Um, and it was tough. It was really tough. Okay, DeBall Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break here. As I always say, stand up, stretch, do some big, deep breathing exercises. Refresh your drink. I suggest a cocktail on these hot summer days, unless you live in the Southern Hemisphere. Then I suggest a nice hot cup of Earl Grey. And we'll be right back after we talk about our amazing sponsor and showcase a few friends of the show. Hang tight. Don't worry. We'll be right back. What's going on, everyone? This is your girl, Julene, host of It Goes Down in the PM. We talk about everything from work, motherhood, local celebrities to comic books. Tune in every Friday at 1 o'clock to find out what really goes down in the PM. Support for the Derek Duvall Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, folks, the 4.0. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off. Free worldwide shipping with the code Duval37 at manscaped.com. Men, imagine shaving with the sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer that makes shaving time your favorite time in the bathroom. Drawing on their patented engineering, this fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce those potentially lethal grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. And of course, if you're into making patents, you can now customize your trim through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. Hey, in a pinch and can't find the light? The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn on the 4000K LED spotlight to give you just the same light as our orbiting star. Did we mention wireless charging? If it's good enough for your cell phone, then it's good enough for the Razer. This new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery length last longer. Not even Q Branch for the Bond films can come up with something like that. 
Need a testimonial? Here's a random British person. Watch her, mate. I always lose my jerry coddle giving the old undercarriage a dig in the grave. Now with the lawnmower 4.0, I can raise a smile while watching the footy with a four-size saga and a Ruby Murray. Or that while the Duchess of Fife has a butcher's at Manscaped's handiwork. Till hopefully both of us are cream cracker by morning. I'm no Dunlap tire, mate. You can trust me, I'm British. Thank you, random British person. If it's spoken by the British, it just feels more authentic. So you heard it here. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code Duval37 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use Duval37. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the right job with Manscaped. Welcome to Talking Shiz. I am CJ. And I am Maddox. And our podcast is like a radio show. We have no certain topics. We talk about anything and everything. And our opinions don't matter. And we do have a pod page. What is our pod page where folks can find our platforms and what we're all about, Maddox? I'm glad you asked. As a matter of fact, that is podpage.com forward slash talking without a G uh, dash shiz. And that's where our, it's our one-stop shop. It has everything there. It has all of our donation links. It has all of the content that we have created, our recent related reviews, and it even gives you where you can find us on different applications such as Google, uh, iHeartRadio, you name it. We're in almost in every single uh, branch of applications out there. So please check it out. There's even, if you want to become an official shizzler, we even have merchandise. So definitely go there, check it out, and yeah, it's literally the best one-stop shop. Absolutely, and sharing is caring, so make sure you guys share, share, share. We're on Twitter, and that's talking underscore shiz, Instagram, talking underscore shiz. We have Facebook, we got our pod page, we have different platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, what Maddox said, we are everywhere. So definitely check us out, and we definitely appreciate you guys listening. Yes, thank you guys, and we'll see you on one of our episodes. Welcome back to the Derek Duvall Show. How's that drink going down there, Duvall Nation? I hope well. Hey, guys, remember, moderation is key. So let's get right back into the conclusion of our episode with CEO of UPIC and school device coverage, Bliss Landon. A male-driven, dominated industry, you know, how do you as a woman, you know, carve your piece of that pie? And, and what kind of response have you had from your peers? It was tough in the beginning. We would do these trade shows. and We'd have, you know, booths and like 10 by 10 spaces. They would, you know, at the end of the day, they would come over when I wasn't there and they put all their promotional items into my booth and um, they wouldn't get on the elevator with me. And they, they would tell everyone that I was functioning illegally, that my business wasn't legit. And they really tried really hard to crush me, you know, getting into this uh, area of business. And so I would, you know, I'd go back and tell my dad and I was so tired because the, the days were long and I was always, you know, in a different um, state across the country working really hard. My dad was great. He just was like, you know what, you got to laugh it off. I'm sure they look at you as a big threat and you just got to hang in there and be tough. And that's what I did. I hung in there. And the more people I knew, I said, you know what, I'm not going away. I'm staying here. And here I am, you know, why don't you check out what we have going at our company versus the other guys and see how you like it. Give us a try. And it worked. 
it seems to me like you like you said is you know inadvertently give you um legitimization because if they're trying that hard to torpedo you that means they actually yes. see you as a legitimate threat uh, that's exactly exactly so then it kind of became a compliment you know once i got once i felt more confidence in myself and what i was doing I, I thought, wow, I love that they think I'm this huge threat. That means I'm doing my job and I'm right. doing it well, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, it was very empowering. And, um, and then, you know, I started building, you know, good relationships with other companies and partners. The United States Postal Service became a, a very important partner of mine and it gave me credibility too. So mm -hmm. they finally left me alone. They just stopped. So that's actually my next point, you know, based on my research, you seem to be kind of a, you know, master of the art of the deal. In, in a way, you know, you've made alliances, like you said, with the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, I read DHL as well. And yeah. yes, yes, even Amazon. Um, yeah. How, how, yeah long did, sure. how long did it take you to see a result in making those partnerships? Well, you know, to, to get those partnerships, it, you know, it can often take years. It took me, I was, I was pregnant with my first or my second, I'm not sure which one, but it took me an entire pregnancy to get the uh, post office deal up and running. <laughs> I just, I remember that. Um, and then um, DHL took a, took a while too, because, you know, you have to build a relationship and they have to learn to trust you and that you know what you're talking about, because these are big companies that you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Amazon, uh, that took a while too. And we had to go through some security things, you know, install and procedures for security for them to feel comfortable that uh, we could handle their accounts. So there are some things, you know, that you have to do, you know, they can find out about you and say that they want to use you, but then they really put you through the test to make sure that, you know, everything you say that you can commit to, you actually can commit to. So from the day you started the operation now to today, how many people do you have on your staff? I have about 25 people right now. So not very many. Most of our operations have been, you know, computerized and streamlined. And so, you know, what probably would have taken maybe two or three times more staff just doesn't. I am looking to hire right now. It's very hard to hire. Um, you know, the government is still giving out money and people just don't want to come back to work right now. Mm -hmm. So we're having a really hard time hiring. I am trying to hire about five more people right now. So I'll be at 30 real soon. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, we're having a lot of staffing issues here as well, where, you know, where I'm based out of. And uh, yeah. like I said, hopefully, you know, things can gradually just get back to normal. It's not, unlike we've all, I've talked to my other guests before, it's not going to be overnight. No. But I, I feel like, you know, in the long-term longevity, you know, this, you know, people cannot stay at home forever. And, you know, things will finally, the fork force will grow again. So I'm optimistic right. of it. Oh, yeah, I'm optimistic, too. And I don't care what business you're in. Everybody is having trouble with staffing mm -hmm. right now. And and I also think that, you know, because schools have the option for the kids to stay home, you know, that doesn't allow both parents to go back to work. Somebody has to watch their kids at home and make sure they do their work on, you know, online and, and whatever they have going on. So it's it's tough. And and then, you know, the payouts, it's, it's making it really hard. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think gradually things will get back to normal but it is going to take some time i had on my last episode uh summers mckay she's the ceo of the optimist daily and we got to talking about that exactly what we're talking about right now and it's that the pandemic has kind of 
pull back the curtain uh, and the and the mysticism that a person cannot work unless they're under the clock or the eye of someone from upper management. And the fact that people can actually work from home and they can you know manage themselves accordingly and, and manage their time accordingly, while also balancing a you know a life and work life you know situation, that people have kind of it's kind of dispelled the office notion. Like, do people really need to go to an office to work anymore? Well, you know what? Um, for my business, that doesn't work so well for me. Mm. Um, we we communicate a lot amongst you know each other. I believe when you run a sales team, it's pretty hard to keep them motivated and encourage them and to hear from their peers how to do better, um, you know, new ideas and what have you. It makes it difficult when, when you're all at home and you're not working together mm-hmm. in that office environment. I, I do believe that there are, there's definitely some ways to make money from home and, and do things from home. And, and I think it's, you know, that's probably going to grow even more because of technology. Uh, but I just think that there are some businesses and I'm, I'm in a women's uh, business group and that's kind of their feeling too. A lot of them are at home, but they know that if they were in the office, they, they could do things maybe a little better. Mm-hmm. And it, and when we were on lockdown and I had everybody working from home, it was not good for, mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. We, we had to go back to work and we were lucky we got to because we're, we're an essential business, but it definitely worked better for us to be back in the office. And I just, you know, I just kept everybody separated and did the best I could to keep the office, you know, really sanitized and, you know, all the protocols. You mentioned that uh, the women's group, now you're a member of the women's presence organization. Yes. Um, uh-huh. how, how does it feel to be part of such a supportive group? And, and do you have any special memories from your time with this organization? You know what, this, this group is really incredible. And, you know, for women in business, like I said, I'm in a mostly male dominated industry. I mean, there's more women popping up all the time, but um, I wish I had had access to this group a long time ago. It would have been really great to have that support and, and just, you know, be among people that you can relate to a little more and the challenges that they were having. It's just been great. I was a member a few years ago and we went on a retreat um, down in Newport beach and it was just a really wonderful time where the women all let their hair down and we laughed, we cried, we got to know each other so much better. And, you know, to have that opportunity to do that and get away from the office um, and just the everyday grind of work and, you know, and just to have those kind of relationships, that was a really great experience. So I, I kind of put it on hold for a little while because I had this other insurance product pop up and I was I just didn't have the time. And now I'm back in it and I am just loving every minute of it. I've joined a subgroup of it. And it's just, it's I just can't say enough about being a part of a women's organization if you're a woman. It's, it's really beneficial. That's one of the things like in my, where I work at, you want to see women, you know, build, build each other up, not tear each other down. And that sounds exactly. to me like, like that's exactly what that is. That's, that's great. It really is. It's a safe place to say, Hey, I have this idea. What do you think? And these women will tell you exactly what they think. Mm-hmm. They don't hold back and they'll tell you when they think you're making a bad decision or, you know, maybe you should consider this before going down that road. I always believe that wisdom comes from, multiple people in your life that you can draw from inspiration and, and knowledge. 
and that sometimes making your own decision without consulting other people, you know, you, you may be more apt to make a mistake, you know, mm-hmm. where if you get a group and you get their opinions and their suggestions, you're that much more well-equipped to make better decisions. Mm. Do you have any entrepreneurs or, you know, business leaders that you look to up to as like a hero or anything like that or put, or put on a pedestal? I mean, nobody out in the in the general public that I, that I really follow. I just, I've had my own mentors with my dad and my godfather. Um, my godfather is no longer with us, but he had an airplane parts company called the Shrillo company. And it was in uh, Van Nuys, California. And he just really taught me a lot. He bought me my first suit <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, cause you got to trust, dress the part. Right. Yeah. But he just taught me about, you know, really caring about your employees, get to know them, you know, understand, you know, what motivates them, understand their goals, treat them basically like family. And because that's what he did. And I watched him do that. And he really, you know, some of the things that he did just really resonated with me throughout my business career. Tell me, what does the future look like for UPIC? The future is bright. You know, on the UPIC side of things, the shipping insurance side, things are very busy. You know, um, I think what else has happened with the pandemic is people have gotten more used to online shopping rather than going into the stores. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, you know, for me, I've been to a shopping center twice since lockdown. The second time was just the other day for my son. And, you know, I think that online shopping and e-commerce is just break boundaries and and goals and and milestones, and it's just going to keep growing. Um, I don't see that slowing up. So I I see things going really well in that direction and and we're opening up to other countries and um, that's just really expanding. And that's kind of my baby because I've had it for so long Mm -hmm. and it's allowed us to fund this other product with the school device insurance. That I see just continuing to grow as technology is being more used in the classroom day to day. Um, It's replacing books, which I I'm kind of sad about, but it makes things more convenient and easier for learning for the for the kids. And so I just feel that that, that business is also going to just continue to grow and flourish. And we're doing a great job providing a great service. And so I don't see that slowing down. Okay. I end my interviews with my favorite question. Let's, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what is the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth? Okay. Well, I have a lot of mantras, but I'll give you one that I am just thinking about right now because I think they're so important is to don't count the days, make the days count. Ooh, I like that one. That's definitely going to go into the best of uh, episode. Hey, I like that. That's great. Okay, good. I, I, you know what? I try to wake up every morning just feeling grateful and to just make the most of my day. That's my goal every morning. I like that. Okay, tell us where people can find you on social media. Um, myself, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. We have schooldevicecoverage.com and we have upic.com, u-pic.com. Our 800 number, if you're interested in any of our services, is uh, 955-4623. I'm still a little old school. I, I use phone numbers. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, we're, we're all over. And we, we have a podcast that we've launched called um, 
risky business with the coverage queens. Um, my best friend and I have a podcast together and we go through many different things and it's, it's so much fun. As you know, it's just so fun to talk to people and, and hopefully, um, you know, get something out there that, that you didn't know about before and educate. And so that is risky business with the coverage Queens. We're on YouTube. We're on everywhere. Please check out that too. So bless. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You, you're, I'm not gonna lie. You're a rock star. Thank you. Yeah. It's been fun, uh, incredibly informative. And um, we're going to post, obviously, your you know your information on our website. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Derek. I had a wonderful time. Thank you so much, Great. and good luck to you with everything that you do. Well, there you have it, Duval Nation. This is the end of episode twenty. I want to thank the amazing Bliss Landon for taking the time to come on. I had an absolute blast talking to her. Be sure to check out all that she can do for your company. As you heard in the break, the Derek Duvall Show has aligned with Manscaped to bring the finest in male personal grooming. Make the bathroom time a much easier time by discarding those old razors and reaching for the lawnmower 4.0. I'm one of the first to try it, and I'm going to be totally honest, it exceeded my expectations. It will now have a very distinct place of honor in my bathroom. Go to manscaped.com and enter promo code Duval 37 at checkout for 20% off your purchase and free worldwide shipping. I can't sweeten the deal any more than that, guys. It's really that great. I do want to say something that is of great importance. Our next episode will be released on July the 30th. And quite frankly, it has so far been the most important interview I have ever conducted in my life, and I do not take that lightly. We are a show about positivity, but we're also a show about promoting people who have lived extraordinary lives. I cannot wait to tell you about it. Believe me. I think this will be an episode that will be talked about for a very, very, very long time to come. And I cannot emphasize that enough. Think incredible historical value. So that said, on behalf of the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, we want to say let's defeat the Delta variant together by getting the COVID-19 vaccine. Believe me, it's a little discomfort, but it goes into the collective effort of defeating one of the most terrible diseases of the last hundred years. Listen to the science of the CDC. Nosta. God bless. And if you're a fellow darts player like me, may your 180s be plenty. See you on July 30th, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, for the latest news on downloads and to explore past episodes. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.